right, all right. If you need sermon notes, wave at me up here. The ushers are ready. Hold your hand up. You need to follow along. You want to take some notes today. This is the last uh, sermon in this series of overcoming. I have overcome, overcome. And the title of today's message is Start Going to Church. And you say, well, I'm here, Pastor. What in the world's that got to do with me? Well, the emphasis is on going. And we're going to show some things why you need to go to church, why you need to be here. And so for everybody that's here, I want you to come next Sunday with expectation of what you expect God to do, because there's some things that we need to expect God to do when we come to church. And, uh, you know, uh, we had a staff getaway in the last two or three days, and uh, I told the staff, I said, do you love sermons or do you love the Word? Now, wait a minute. If all you listen to is sermons, you love sermons. And that's good to have a good sermon preached to you to receive, but you need to get in the Word too. Amen. We need to be teachers of the words and, so, and receivers of the Word of God. And so as, as we're looking at this, the emphasis is going to church. And, uh, you know, we've got our sermons on the Internet, and you need to watch the Internet. Uh, and you know what? There's some great pastors on on the internet, and you need to watch them. I'm not against sermons, don't get me wrong, and I'm not against watching church on the internet. We need to watch the church on the internet, but there is something about gathering together. There is something about us coming together. I mean, you can play every song that we have on the internet, but you don't get all the shouts. You don't get the presence like you do in a live worship service. Amen, amen. And so when we talk about them, we'll give you three reasons to uh, come to church, and uh, let me tell you a story right quick. There was a man woke up Sunday morning, and his wife was up getting ready for church, and he goes, I'm not going to church today. She goes, why aren't you going to church today? Why aren't you going to church? And he says, I don't like that building down there. That building down there, I just never have liked that building. I don't like that building. And you know what? I don't like those people. And those people don't like me either. I can tell by the way they look at me. They don't like me either. She says, well, Buster, I'm going to give you three reasons why you need to go to church. Three reasons why. She goes, I'm up and I'm going. The kids are up and they're going. And number three, you're the pastor and they expect you to be there. <laughs> so, so number one on your sheet. Number one on your sheet. <laughs> That's a good one, wasn't it? It wasn't mine, but God's presence. God's presence. We come together, we meet because God's in you, and he comes with you, and when we all come together, the, the presence of God's here. I know that God's everywhere. You can go to the lake, and God's at the lake, and you can go hunting, and God's hunting, and, and you can go to the football game, and God's at the football game. He's omnipresent. And guess what? God lives on the inside of you. Know you not, you're the house of God, that the Holy Spirit lives on the inside of you. But I'm not talking about those two this morning. We're talking about the manifest presence. When we all come together, see, you've got, a, you've got a part, and 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 I've got a part, and when we all come together, that part magnifies. Come on, and God shows up. You know, what is his, man, his made known presence? Made known presence. You ever sense God in worship? You know, I just sensed him in worship. You ever had one of those, you know, moments in worship where just God's all over you? That, that's a made known presence. God wants to make himself known to you. Doesn't matter what color your hair is or where you got any or not. 
Teeth doesn't matter. It's his made known presence. Why how you're dressed. Man, I grew up, if you had long hair, you ain't coming in this church. If you ain't dressed right, what are you doing with a Budweiser shirt trying to come to church, boy? Doesn't matter. God could care less. God cares about your heart. And he wants to manifest in this place to touch your heart. Come on. And that's what we want. We want God's manifest presence. You know, when God told Moses to build a tabernacle, he copied what was in heaven and he built a tabernacle. Why did God build a tabernacle? And, and, and so let's look. Let's look in Exodus 25, 8. If you got your Bible, get it out or we got it on the screen and let them make me a sanctuary that I may dwell among them. Man, we can come together and, and get God. We can come together and God will manifest and, and, and God will show up. Come on. That's what it's about. Now, you can do it at the house, but it's just a whole lot easier when we come together. This is our pep rally for God. And God's going God's to play the game for us. You ever thought about it like that? That, that, you know, we're talking about Jesus and magnifying him. Exodus 25, 22. Look what it says. And there, there I will meet with you and I will speak with you. Come on. I want to hear his voice. I want to hear his voice. I want to hear him speak. Oh, from the mercy seat because I need his mercy. We all need his mercy. But guess what? He wants to meet with us and he wants to speak with us. He's speaking to you today. Amen. Tune in. Tune in. There's that still small voice. I mean, you know, we love to be like Moses in the burning bush. Moses, you know, God. God doesn't, he speaks to us from the spirit on the inside of us. Amen, amen. And then in Matthew 18, 20, it says we're two or three are gathered in my name. Two or three are gathered together in my name. I am there in the midst. One, two, three. One, two, three. One, two, three. One, two, three. Jesus is here. Man, I love Oral Roberts that God visited him and said, I want you to pray for the sick. And he goes, I'll be with you. And Oral Roberts, when he prayed for people, he said, Jesus is right here. Or Jesus is always right here. He's right here with me. Because he's doing this through me. Because I can't do anything without him, and he's with me. Guess what? Say, Jesus is with me. Come on, say it again, because y'all act like, well, I don't know, Pat. He may be with you, but I don't know. Jesus is with you. Say, Jesus is with me. I'm not going to read it, but it's in your notes, Exodus 33, 15 through 16. God got upset with the children of Israel going to the promised land. He goes, I'm not going to go with y'all, but I'm going to send an angel. And Moses said, wait, wait, wait a minute. Man, you know, Jesus came with the revelation of God as Father. Moses had revelation as God as friend, and they communicated. They had conversation. You need to be having some conversations with God the Father and Jesus. And, and, and Moses said, now, wait a minute. If you don't go with us to the promised land, I'm not going to the promised land. Because we can't go to the promised land without you. How will we, and he goes, how will we be different than any other people in the world or any other nation without your presence. How we as a church can be different than any other religion that you can name without God's presence. Man, we might as well be having a, a, a candy making contest or something, or we might be having a Lions Club. I, nothing wrong with good works. 
And they do good works, but we need the presence of God. And we need to have expectation that God's going to show up and speak to me. And when I have a need, the presence of God's here is going to meet my need. Man, when I was in church, I'd sit right over here where Jeff's at, and my pastor's preaching along, and he may be preaching on something uh, about joy, and joy this and joy that. And I'm sitting over here, and I'm like, I, I, I really don't need that about joy. I'm struggling with this. Lord, I need help. And while he's preaching about joy, the Holy Spirit's talking to me about my, my needs. See, God's big enough to meet you where you're at. And his presence is here to meet your need. Say, thank you for the presence. It's here. And matter of fact, the Holy Spirit's a he and he's here. Say, welcome Holy Spirit. Say, good morning. Come on, you need to have a relationship with him. Have him, he sits in your lap, sits beside you. He's all over you. Paul said he's all over me and keeping me alive. Hey, Paul, man, was whipped, beat, and struggled with every, you know, all kinds of people beat him up and everything else. And he gets all right. I got Jesus. I got the Spirit of God. See, the presence of God will manifest in our midst, and people's hearts will be changed. Let me tell you a story. I heard this story. This guy was a, a, uh, played in a rock band, and, and uh, he was living with his girlfriend, and uh, somebody invited her to a church. And she went to church and got saved and come home and uh, Sunday evening, come home, and he goes, she goes, I'm packing up and moving out. He goes, what's wrong with you? What happened? She goes, I went to church and got saved, and, and I can't live in sin. Nobody told her that. That's the presence of God speaking to her. And she go, he goes, well, what happened? I went to church, and she goes, I could sense God in the music. I could, I could feel God in the music. He goes, I gotta, I got, I'm going with you. I want to I wanna see this. I want to know if this is real. So this long-haired boy, you know, he's a rocker. He goes to church with her, and they come in. They're sitting in the back, and, and, uh, and the music starts, and, and it, man, they get to worship, and all of a sudden, he gets sick to his stomach. Now, I can't tell it like he did, but he said, I'm about to hurl on the lady in front of me. I'm so sick to my stomach. You know, we've had people come here and get sick to their stomach and leave after the first, right during the middle of the first, second song. Can't stand it. And he looks at her and said, I'm so sick, I got to leave. She goes, shut up, it's demons. <laughs> Been saved a week. And he goes, you know, that's right. He said, yeah. And all of a sudden, he felt better. You know, the devil don't want you in here. And after the, the, they sing another song, and he goes, Instantly, I could sense God. He goes, I knew God was here. He goes, oh, I need to get saved. I'm a sinner. I'm going to hell. I'm, I'm a sinner. I'm going to hell, and I need to get saved. That's the way it came to him. He goes, I'm, I need to get saved. She goes, just shut up just a minute. The preacher's going to say something about the visitors and ask people to come down to get saved. That's the way she heard it. You know, we, you, If you're a visitor, you can still get saved, what the preacher said probably last Sunday. And so the preacher wasn't preaching this morning, and they have a guest speaker, but he gets up and welcomes everybody. I mean, right after praise and worship, like I release the kids. And he gets up, and we'll welcome all you visitors. We're glad you're here today, but we'll do that at the end of the service. We just do it different. And he goes, we want to welcome all the visitors. And when he said visitors, that dude jumped up and came down to the front and stopped right here, right in the middle of the service. And he goes, good morning. Uh, how you doing? He goes, I'm good. I'm a visitor. And he goes, because he thought, you know, members were saved and visitors need to get saved. That was his thinking. 
And he goes, well, that's awesome. Can I help you? He goes, yeah. He goes, I'm a visitor. He goes, I, I'm a sinner. I need to get saved. Uh, I'm, I'm going to hell. I want to get saved. I'm a sinner going to hell. I need to get saved, is what he said. He goes, so the pastor led him to the Lord right there. Nobody preached, just the presence of God. You know, people walk in the foyer, they, they you, somebody shakes their hand, loves on them, greets them, and they say, you know what? This is my church. It's happened more, all, more these last six months than ever. So, so it's the presence of God. We need God's presence. We can feel God. I mean, man, there's some people that, that I like to go to their house because I can feel God. I like to hang out with certain people because I can feel God. You know what I'm saying? And so, you know what? We all want to be that person that when people get around us, they can feel God. With a lot of people you get around, you feel their aggravation and bitterness and grumpiness and, uh-uh, Christian. We're called to be a carrier of the presence of God. And when we come together in a room like this, his presence should manifest. Number two, God's power. Where his presence shows up, his power shows up. We need the power of God in our lives. This thing is real. This is not just a, a thought. This is not just a, a, a mental ascent to, uh, you know, I, I believe in God. I don't know if he's real or not. No, his presence proves that he's real. How do I know I'm going to heaven? Because his presence lives on the inside of me. I sense his presence all the time. And along with his presence comes his power. We've got power to live this life. Jesus died to give us the power of God to live this life. Not only live this life, but also draw people with the presence and the power. Y'all with me? It's P-O-W-E-R. Some of y'all still got your head down right. I'm trying to help you. Come on, I'm making fun. We read Matthew 18 and 20. Let's go back and read 19 and 20. And let's look at it. In verse 19, it says, Again, I say to you that if two agree, two or three agree on earth concerning anything... They ask, and it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. That's the power. For where two or three are gathered in my name, I'm there in their midst, verse 20. Because. We get our prayers answered because. Four in, in verse 24 is because. Where two or three. Two or three. Connie. Her life's going to be transformed. Amen. In the name of Jesus. Don't be hoping, knowing. We know. Amen. Come on, the only thing that we hope for is heavens because we can't have it right now. It's our blessed hope. But I know that I will obtain it when I pass from this life. The Bible says I step right into glory. Yes. Come on. And so there are things in this life that you need and the power of God wants to give them to you. You've got to get in a place to receive it. Church is the best place. Or we're two or three. You can call two or three together and they'll pray and ask something for you and you can have it. But the problem is, is we want to see it first before we have it. Got to have it. This is where you have it. I'm teaching a little faith here a little bit. This is where you have it first. Not out here. Well, I'll believe it when I see it. That's not faith. God calls those things which be not as though they were. God calls people well when they're sick. He calls people saved when they're, 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 they're in sin. He draws them out. He calls them. We sang that last song over. He called, call, I got you in my sights. He's calling you into the kingdom. And even if you're saved, he's calling you into a deeper walk to abide with him. 
Let, let's, let's, uh, what, what's crazy is people need the power of God and they won't go to church. Even people who know better. Well, I ain't going down there. I'm not. I, I don't want to miss church. Even when I go on vacation, I go to church somewhere. Because God may do something for me that I was unexpected. He knew I needed something that I didn't need, that I didn't know about. He knew I needed something that I didn't know about. Maybe today this sermon's for you. This or this gathering, the congregating, is for you. Come on, when we come together, I mean, God shows up. And that's what our expectancy is. I can't wait to, I can't wait to see what God does. And you say, well, you know, you're the preacher. No, it ain't me. It's what he does because I have notes that I'll miss and I'll go kick myself. You know, man, I should have said that. I should have said that. And people come up and say exactly what I had written. The Holy Spirit told them. Whew, takes it off me. It ain't about me. This is not my show. This is God's show. It's the Holy Spirit show. And he's speaking to you right now. Let him, let him speak to you. Let him show you some things. In Deuteronomy 32, 20. It says, how could one chase a 1,000 and two put 10,000? It's by the power of God. It's the power of God. We can put the devil on the run. Some of y'all are holding him in your hand like a baby. It's the devil. Well, you know, this is my sickness. You can't have it. It's mine. This is my trouble. My tr oh, see, oh, look at my trouble on my back. Oh, boy. It's my trouble. You can't have my trouble. It's my trouble. God didn't want you to carry anybody's trouble, not even your own. The Bible says, cast your care over on the Lord. How do you do that? By the power of God. The presence of God will lead you and tell you what to do, and his power will come on you. And lift that burden. You stand up a little bit straighter. Man, we prayed for somebody this week, and they're standing up a little bit straighter. Come on. You know, we sang it uh, we played the song before service. Ecclesiastes went out and putting it up there. It's in your notes. Two are better than one. Threefold cord. It's not easy. But we are better together. Amen. I want to say we as a church are better together. Guess what? I have people that pray for me. They have my back. Uh, uh, I wrote it down in my notes. Do you know we have 42 people on a prayer chain? 42 people on a prayer chain here. I'm not asking anybody to pray for me, Pastor. I don't, if I don't get it, then God don't want me to have it. That's called pride. Yes. Yeah. I've been there. I'm an expert in pride. We need people to be praying for us. So when you say, hey, put this on the prayer chain, know that 42 people are praying. 42 people are declaring whatever you need. Isn't that awesome? Come on. It's, it's, it's called we're better together. God has put us together. You know, some people are butterflies and some people are bullfrogs. You know, there's an old song for the kids, bullfrogs and butterflies. And I'm not saying they're not saved. But I'm just saying some of I've heard this, it's bullfrogs and butterflies. Butterflies, they'll just light this church and then light over here and light at that church and flutter over here to this church and flutter over there there. And they're not a part of anything. They're just floating around. And some are bullfrogs. They'll come and sit on the lily pad for a little while till somebody touches them and wants to make a connection with them and they hop off. Before God wants to start because they're uh, uh, too proud or well, they might find out that I'm not perfect like everybody else. Well, look around. There's nobody in here perfect. And there's no such thing as a perfect church. 
We're all chasing God. We're all desiring God to move in our hearts and our lives. And guess what? He uses imperfect people. Come on, his power can rest on imperfect people. That's the fun part. Man, there are people in here that are young in the Lord, and God has begun to start to speak to them. And we give them room, and they have, they have a dreams, or they'll see things, and it'll be God. Where did that come from? God will show you things. Read your Bible. There were seers in the Old Testament. Jesus said, hey, disciple, I saw you under a tree yesterday. He goes, you're the Messiah. He goes, if you call me the Messiah because I saw you under a tree in the Spirit yesterday, just wait. Just wait. You see what we do. So, so we, need to, we need to be planted. In Psalms 92, 13 and 14, Look what it says. Those who are planted, those who are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God, and they shall bear fruit in old age, and they shall be fresh and flourishing. Does anybody want to bear fruit and be fresh and flourishing? Fruit, flesh, and flourishing? Then you got to be planted. And you know, I say this, and my wife's like, don't say that. People, it's like you're running them off. If you don't feel like you're supposed to be planted here, go find the place you're supposed to be planted so you can flourish, so you can bear fruit, so you can have all these things. I never was blessed till I sat underneath a pastor. He didn't tell me where to work, what to do, buy a car, what this and that and the other. I sat under the word that he taught. I received my, uh, the faith that, that he preached and, and the word that he taught. And man, my life began to increase because I was planted. Man, and I, I could say, hey, pray for me about this. I'm Pray for me about that. And, and people would pray for me. And man, I did some, I did some things that, that I had to do. Uh, uh, go and minister and do things, and I had the, the people praying for me. Man, God helped me because people, they, they just believed the power of God to come on me. And I wasn't a pastor then. But being planted, being planted, increase came to my life. The next best job, I, always, I had a better job. The next job was always the best job. And I thought that one was good, and God opened the door, and I had a better job. And so increase comes. Healing came because I learned how to stand on the word. I learned that the promises of God were yes and amen. So we've got to be planted. See, when we get planted, then, then we begin to grow. And guess what? And, and you know, I, I said this is our scripture as a church, that, that we are a tree planted by the rivers of living water that brings forth fruit in its season, and its leaves shall not wither. Come on. And you know what? The Lord said, you know what? There are going to be people come, and they'll climb up in the branches of your tree, and they'll eat the fruit of it. They'll come by the, by the Spirit of God, will draw people and the power of God. Let me tell you a story. Uh, one of my overseers, uh, Pastor Glenn, was preaching, and he was in this little town, and uh, he is, you know, preaching and, and spitting and, you know, and just, just having a good time in the Lord, just preaching these people. And a prostitute walks in the back, stands and looks. And when he did the altar call, the power of God drew her right down the front. She gave her heart to Jesus. It's the power of God that drew her in. And the power of God delivered her. The funny part of it was it, and I can't go into detail, but she was wearing nothing but a white beater for the most part. But he got her to renounce the devil and what the devil was doing in her life. And she began to cuss the devil. That's all she knew. 
And she told the devil where to go and told the devil what he was and told the devil. And he's like, oh, Lord, help us, Jesus, you know. And he's like, oh, right here in the altar. She's just cussing the devil down, you know. But God delivered her from prostitution and God gloriously saved her. Come on, that's the power of God. And when we get planted, we can expect people to come and receive the power that we are desiring God to move in our midst, to have in our midst. The, the uh, Brooklyn Tabernacle uh, in New York City. This lady came, came and said, my husband, he's backslid and he's back in crack. And he's on crack. And the dude wasn't in the crack house. He was in the dog house behind the crack house. And he'd been there three days. And it was Wednesday. And she goes, Pastor, I know we're having prayer tonight. I want you to call out my husband's name. I want us all to call out my husband's name tonight. That the Lord will draw him in. To draw him in. And the whole man, they had some worship, and the power of God fell, and they began to call out her husband's name. And they began to call him. He's one of my favorite singers back in the day. I've sang some of his songs. And he come, he got up out of that doghouse and ran down the street, come down the street and over this block and that block. And when they're calling his name, he come running in the door at the end of the service, fell on his knees and gave his heart back to Jesus and got delivered from crap. Power of God. Glory, glory. You know, we've had the power of God move on people here. As one guy told me, I, I, when he used to come, he moved, but he said, man, uh, uh, Miss Shirley gave a, a, a message, and she had a word from the Lord, and she goes, me and my brother both stood there, and we're just shaking because of the power of God. It's the power of God. God, God. God will touch you and know and show you that he's real, and his power will show up to help you in your life. And we need it, don't we? Number three. God's people. Oh, here we go. God's people. Why do I need God's people? Well, his presence and his power flow through his people. You know, during COVID, I, I, I struggled to preach online because there wasn't nobody in here. I'm like, how, uh, amen. You know, I'm like, it's just fall flat. I mean, there's nobody to talk to because guess what? You're drawing off the anointing that God's put on me to preach this message. And you're drawing off the anointing of the people in sitting beside you. They have an anointing. And we, we, we need to understand we need God's people. You ever heard somebody say, well, I don't need all that. I don't need church, just me and God. Just me and God. I, me and God on the fishing lake, me and God out hunting, just me and God. I, I don't need, no, no, no. No, you need God's people. Now, I'm going to prove it to you here in just a second. I'm going to give you a scripture for it that you've never maybe read it like this. But we need one another. Because the anointing, when we come together, the presence of God on me and on you and on you comes and gets stronger. And then his power shows up. Because see, see we are the avenue in Romans, it says how to get saved, but it starts off, well, how will they hear unless somebody goes? Somebody goes. How will they hear? How will your neighbor hear unless you go tell them? Unless you go water the seed? How will they hear? How will they know? And you don't have to say a whole lot. Sometimes you just need to listen. Listen. Be God's ear. Let them pour out. Man, 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 man. This is the way God set it up. That people. 
Well, when God said, you know, let there be light, it was good. And God said, let there be a firmament, you know, atmosphere, it was good. And God said, let the waters be parted and let the land rise up. Oh, and it was good. And God made man and said, whoop, wait a minute. I can do a little bit better than that. He needs somebody. And we need somebody. We need each other. We need each other. I'm just trying to, to you know, you need to recognize that you need to just, just chill and hear what people have to say, what the people of God have to say. The testimony, testimony, when people testify like our sister testified, that's Jesus. It's the prophecy that, look what Jesus has done. Look what Jesus has done in my life. And so uh, I want to remind you in 1 Peter 2.10, it says, Peter's talking about Hosea, what Hosea said, who once were not my people, but are now the people of God who had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. That's us. That's us. Paul said it again in Romans. He said, and he says also in Hosea, I will call them my people who were not my people and, and her beloved who was not beloved. And then he says in Hosea, let's just read Hosea 2.23. It says, then I will say to those people who were not my people, you are my people. And they shall say, you are my God. Can we say, you are my God? It's good to be the people of God. Man, you know, it's good to be the sheep to the shepherd. You know, can I have a bye? You know, it's good to be the people of God. We're the people of God. Not our church. Every Christian is the people of God. But not every church has the power and the presence of God. Not every church teaches this. But we need the presence of God. We need the power of God. And we need the people to flow with the presence and the power of God. We need people to be obedient, to obey the, 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 the Spirit of God. Amen. I have people come to me, well, Pastor, I think I had something from the Lord. But I, oh, I didn't know if it was God or not. And I just, uh, I didn't want to, you know, I was just scared to get, you know. Then come up and tell me. And I'll tell you if it's God or not. I, it'll bear witness with me. And we can share it, you know. It's like, you know, I'll give you a wrong one, okay? Anything that's unscriptural is wrong. One man stood up and said, thus saith the Lord. I know you're scared because I get scared too sometimes. <laughs> ah, that's not God. God doesn't get scared. Okay? That's how, it's easy. that's how easy it is to recognize if it's God or not. But we need to follow God. We're the people of God. We need to know uh, what God has for us. It's good to be his people. Do you know, let's, let's talk just a little bit. What are the two commandments Jesus said to follow? Love the Lord your God with all your heart and to love your neighbor as yourself. Love God, love people. How about this? Have a relationship with God and a relationship with people. God hadn't called you to, to walk away and pull back. But we need to have a relationship with him. Why? Because God uses people to speak into our lives. I, can, I hadn't got time to tell you the people that have spoken to my life, that have spoken to my life. Even our staff speaks into my life. My daughter, my son-in-law, my children, my son texts me. He spoke into my life. I have overseers that speak into my life. I have people in this congregation that speak into my life. You need people to speak into your life. That's why people quit. That's why preachers quit. They're lonely. They're separated. 
In 1 Corinthians 4.26, if you can find that and put it on the screen for us. How is it then, brethren, whenever you come together, each of you has a song, a psalm, a song, has a teaching, has a tongue, has a revelation, has an interpretation. Let all things be done for edification. Let me read it again real quick. Let's just do the first. How is it, brethren? When you come together, comma, stop. When you come together, let all things be done for edification. There's your judge. It ought to build, build you up. If you got a revelation, it ain't that y'all are going to hell because you're chewing bubble gum. That's not edification. That's not edification. God calls you up, and whether no, no matter what state you're in, he wants to call you up to his level to take the position that he's given you in Christ Jesus. We look at, I'm not worthy, I'm not good enough, I'm not this. No, you're a child of the king. You're in the family of God. You're the people of God. You have a place at the table. You, have, you, are, you should represent. God made you, and he, you are born again. You have a position, a position in the kingdom of God. Hey, hey, I haven't found it. I was listening to the radio, and it was an old song. I need to find my place. I need to find my place in Jesus. And Jeff, I was whistling it or humming it, and Jeff goes, boy, that's an old one because he knew. He, me and him been around a while. Picking on Jeff. But when we come together, guess what? You can be built up by somebody else's revelation. But if you're so hard-headed you can't receive somebody else's inspiration, See, what happens when you separate yourself, you get in trouble. Do you know Paul separated himself and, and, and fed on the Word of God and got his vision and got his plan, and then he went to, then he went to, to, to Peter and to James, the pastor in Jerusalem, and said, God showed me this, and 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 God's supposed to go to the Gentiles. And, and they said, that's right, that's right. It bore witness with them, and they released them. But there are some people that they, they get some weird revelation and they think it's from God. And that's how we got different sects of Christianity. Just saying, I ain't going to get on that soapbox, but come on. And guess what? Every different sect of Christianity started with the power and the presence of God. And then they became civilized. Hallelujah. We're not doing that in here today. You know, we read... 1 Corinthians 14. I'm going to go ahead and throw this out there. 1 Corinthians chapter 14 is about speaking in tongues. The whole chapter. That's been done away with, brother. Then why did they leave a whole chapter in the Bible to how to do it? Come on. It would be say that was done away with, and they wouldn't even have to have that whole chapter in there. But the chapter in there is how to, and how to do it to edification. So you can be built up, that other people can be built up, that you can have an interpretation, a song, a psalm, a hymn. God's called us together as a people to learn to flow with his presence. Man, read some history books that God started revival, that God started awakenings by drawing people. I read that it was somewhere in Iowa, Ohio, or somewhere, and, or it could have been Oklahoma, one of them Ohio or something. <laughs> I can't quite remember. 500 people showed up on this side of this pasture 
And 500 and something people showed up on this side of this pasture on this same day. And then from the north came 500 people and from the south. And there was 500 people, you know, there was 2,000 people in this pasture. This group began praying. This group began singing. This group fell on their knees before God. People were crying out to God. And then this group started praying. This group behind me started singing. It was just a, a, a God's awakening and sweeping. And he drew all these people there by his spirit. And the power of God showed up. Man. And they didn't say, hey, call me. They didn't have telephones. They didn't have cell phones. So that brings me. Anybody ever heard of reading the Bible about a signal trumpet? You'll know about it when I tell you, but they, God told Moses to make two signal trumpets out of silver. And, you know, they didn't have cell phones. So this is a communication thing. And uh, even, even till uh, 1800s, our armies used trumpets. And so in Numbers 31, 6, and I'm going to read numbers here pretty quick. It said, then Moses sent them to war, 1,000 of each tribe, and sent them uh, with Phineas and the son of Eleazar the priest and the holy articles uh, and the signal trumpets in hand. They had the trumpets, okay? And let's explain what the trumpets were about. We'll back up in uh, Numbers 10, 1 and 2. And the Lord spoke to Moses saying, make two silver trumpets for yourself. and You shall make them uh, of hammered work and you shall use them for calling the congregation. Call in the congregation. The Spirit of God called those people in that pasture. God, we congregate. But back then, there was a, oh, millions you know, of people, and so you couldn't call them. They went, oh, whatever sound they, you didn't know I could play the trumpet, did you? And they, you know, they, they blew the trumpet, and the people gathered together. And so uh, he said, uh, and then uh, for directing. So, so the, the priest would get out, and it's time to pack up and move, and bah, bah, whatever they played. Then it was they would start marching for direction. We're going that way today. We're going a little bit that way today. And then uh, look in verse 9 uh, of chapter 10. It says, when you go to war in your land against the enemies who oppress you. Anybody got, ever had an enemy oppress them? And it's not flesh and blood. It's the devil. Then you shall sound the alarm. Oh, man, get it right. Remember that? It's Calvary. Charge. Charge. A trumpet. Well, the Holy Spirit, he's our trumpet. He's calling us to signal us. So, so what, what is all that? Why come to church? Because when we gather, we're edified. We learn direction for our lives, and we get protection from the devil. But here's to the people who say, follow, follow me with that camera if you can. I don't need, it's just me and God. I don't need anybody. I don't need anybody. They're on the fray. Well, who do the, what, which, what, what, what do the wolves attack first? The fray. We need to, you know, you don't need to be on the fray. You need to be like, excuse me, pardon me, pardon me, excuse me, hold on, excuse me, pardon me. Hallelujah. You need to be right in the middle of everything that's going on. Now, now we're not sheep like that in a pasture, but what does that mean in church? That means you need to be on, at least as much as you can, you need to be at church. I know we all have to work. We have to travel. We all, I traveled when I was in the business world. And, and you know what? I didn't miss, uh, get every Sunday. But you know what? When I was a kid, we went Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Wednesday night 
Tuesday night prayer meeting, Thursday night visitation sometime. What I'm saying is get involved and get somebody you're connected with in this church if you're called to be planted here and let people pour into you. And guess what? You'll start pouring into them. That means being in the middle of everything. Don't be on the fray when I don't go to church. You Don't be that butterfly or that frog hopper. You want to be uh, where God wants you to be. And last thing, I've talked about gathering and gathering and congregating, but let's take it a step further. Let's not gather, let's assemble. What do you mean, Pastor, assemble? If I take you to my house and I'm going to show you my, new, my wife's new car, and I open that garage door up, and over there's four sets of wheels, and over there's a transmission, and over there's an engine, and here's a seat, and there's a seat, and there's a the back, here's the, ca- the, the cab and, and all this, and you're going to look at me like, well, pastor, it, it's, not, it's, 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 it's not a symbol. Oh, yeah, but it's all together. It's all here. It's all gathered. But you know you can't drive in that. My wife's kind of like, when are you going to put this together so I can drive it? See, you have a place here. And when you come to a symbol, Everybody has a place and everybody has a part and everybody has a position and everybody has a song and everybody has a revelation and everybody has something that'll bless the body of Christ. And maybe you don't feel like you can get up and give it, but you know what? I can give up and get it, give it. I can share it. I've done it before. Somebody was somebody called me and said, I can't be at church, but there's somebody going to be there today that's, that's contemplating suicide. And so I got up when the surf started. Uh, right after worship, I said, if you're here dealing with suicide, the Lord wants to minister to you. I'm the one that gave it, but I didn't give me that revelation. And then Heather, Heather uh, had, had, she come up to the end service. That person's here, and I've got something more. And, and they're dealing with suicide, and their grandmother has been praying with them, and their grandmother's been standing with them. Lo and behold, it was an 11-year-old girl here with her grandmother. First time she'd ever been here. First time her grandmother had ever been here. They, she brought her 11-year-old granddaughter who's dealing with suicide because of COVID. Notice on the fray, can't meet, can't go to school, can't do this. Kids are dealing with depression and uh, suicidal thoughts. And even parent, people, because we can't gather together. There's been people in the hospital that have died because they nobody could go see them. They had no lifeline. See, you're a lifeline. Man, you watch these kids run around here, and, and they'll, they'll put some excitement in you. My mama gets around her grandkids, her great-grandkids, her grandkids, and she goes, you know what? They make your cares go away. Because it's a transfer of that youth. It's that transfer of the life of God that's in children. And we all have that life, and we need one another. And we need to assemble. We need greeters. We need ushers. We need people in security. We need people playing instruments. We need people to come and help us assemble so people can be touched. The last six people made their decision that this was their church when they walked in the door. They didn't get to hear the first song. They didn't hear the first sermon. They felt the love of God. They felt the presence of God. They felt the power of God from God's people. Glory be to God. So I hope I stirred you up a little bit. This, this sermon is not a correction. It's not a correction. It's where, why we go to church. That's what makes church fun. We're excited about church. We're excited about what God's doing in church. You know, and, and I'm not, you know, people go, go to church 1.2 times a month. Come on. If you can come, come. If you can't, watch it online. 
and, and get into the Word. Feed yourself. Be a self-feeder of the Word of God. I want you to bow your heads. What's the Holy Spirit spoke to you today about this sermon? Do you know Jesus? Is he telling you you need to accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior? Is that what he's telling you? If that's you, if you've never accepted Jesus as Lord and Savior, will you lift your hand? Let me pray for you. Maybe you're here and say, you know what? I need to, I need to, I need to draw in, Pastor. I just need to get, get my life back to Jesus. I haven't been living for him. That's you. Will you lift your hand? It's not about joining our church. It's about being, in a, being a child of God. I see that hand. Anybody else? I see that hand. Glory be. Anybody else? I see that hand. Thank you, Jesus. Anybody else? Let's all pray it together. Say, Father, thank you for sending Jesus to die on the cross for me. Thank you, Lord, that when I call on you, you answer. Thank you, Father, for saving me, delivering me, calling me home. In Jesus' name.